Hello, welcome to This Week in the Atlantic Coast Conference, the podcast for allsportsdiscussion.com. This is Jeff, one of your podcast co-hosts. You can follow me on Twitter at TalkinACCSports. The podcast moderator is Matthew, and you can follow him at Smash underscore ASD. I'm going to turn it over to our, our moderator now, Matthew, as we welcome our podcast guest, Wayne Kent. Welcome to This Week in the ACC. This is the podcast for allsportsdiscussion.com. This is the longest-running independent ACC podcast in the country. You can follow me on Twitter at at Hokiesmash underscore ASD. You can follow Jeff on Twitter at at Talkin ACC Sports. Again, that's at Talkin ACC Sports for Jeff and at Hokiesmash underscore ASD for me. Our site Twitter account is at AllSportsDACC. And boy, I'm excited to have this podcast tonight. Our friend Wayne Kent is back, and he is a Virginia Tech alumnus. You can follow Wayne on Twitter at, at 92 Hokey. Wayne, welcome back, my friend. The floor is yours. Tell us about yourself. Oh, I think you're coming in a little low, Wayne. Uh, we can hear, barely hear you. Okay. All right. Let me, let, me speak in, let me speak into the mic. I appreciate you guys uh, inviting me back. How, how are you guys doing tonight? Uh, we're doing good. We're doing good, Wayne. Yeah, yeah you, may, you may speak directly into the phone, Wayne, rather than using your mic, because I think that may help out better for you. Jeff, I'm hearing all kinds of interference on there. Do you have your mute on? Are you on mute, Jeff? There you go. There you go. Okay. Hey, Wayne, do us a favor. If you can turn your volume up just a little bit. I don't know if you have that on your phone, if you can turn it up to max or not. We can hear you. We can hear you, but we'll 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 go with we'll go with it, man. We'll go with it. Yeah, no, it's okay. We're cool, man. We're cool, uh, man. Wayne, it's hair metal time. I got four questions for you. Okay, let's go first, man. Who is your favorite hair favorite hair metal band? Uh, 
favorite band is uh, a band out of your your neck of the woods, or at least close by, out of Hagerstown, Maryland. Uh, Kicks, that's the the guy, and uh, and they actually seem to be getting checked a lot there and performing. So I was pretty psyched when they uh, came to Missoula. That was that's my favorite band. How cool! I think you're one of the first people I. You were one of the first people I think I've heard say that, say kicks. So that's actually pretty, that's pretty awesome because I, I remember seeing a documentary and basically they're saying that the record company really didn't put much effort behind them. I think it was Atlantic at the time, right? Until the, until blow my fuse. And that's when Atlantic started putting some cash behind it. And that's when that uh, blow my fuse, that album just absolutely took off. And then all of a sudden, we went to the point where Pearl Jam and Nirvana came out, and then and then we didn't hear as much from Kicks anymore. But now, uh, you know, it's it's kind of fun, sort of, to see them having a uh, they're they're having sort of a revival because they're going on tour again, Wayne. Right, and uh, you know, and, and uh, the the thing I think that always uh, drew drew fans and fans of Kicks was their live performance. They have certain songs that they do, and they change up and and different things. But I think the live performance is what really brought them in and their fans were loyal that were local. And uh, as that happened, you know, that they, they hit at the right time. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, like people think they're a one hit wonder. Of course, it's the people that listen to the album that have that, you know, don't close your eyes is their big song about uh, suicide and addiction. I know that that was their big hit. And uh, But seeing them live, there's nothing that beats it to me. But uh, that's my opinion. I'm with you. I'm with you. You know what song I liked from them a lot, Wayne? You know what song I liked from them a lot? Girl Money. Girl Money, yeah. Always rock. Yeah, that was their, off their next album after Blow My Fuse. That was when they hit. Really it's incredible. It reminds me of, it, it sort of kind of reminds me of ACDC and Bon Scott. Is that fair, to me to, fair of me to say? Uh, not the first time I've heard that. I, there's a lot of ACDC in there, especially the early ones, the later ones. But, uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Okay, okay, man. So how about this one? Who's the hair metal band that you think could have made it much bigger than they did? And I'm not saying something, something negative here. Somebody can still be successful, right? But, you know, a lot of times people think that Def Leppard and Motley Crue were the groups that really, really made it big, even to this day. So who could have made it bigger than they did? going to be Bonham. How about that? Because I think, I, I really think the potential was there, especially considering uh, the genetics there is everybody that know what their last name is Bonham. But I really think they had the potential really to hit and they really only had uh, a couple of songs that really hit and they could have really, because they, they were such a talented band and and, and, uh, and uh, I just I just think the potential, their potential was so great and, and I think that uh, MTV was behind them, but then they just kind of, I think they hit late on the uh, hair metal scene. Wayne, that's a good answer. How about if, I'm going to give you my answer. If I'm going to give you my answer to this one. How about Dokken? Dokken. I, I knew that was going to be yours because I think we both. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that. I, that's why I made sure not to answer. 
Christian doctor. <laughs> I heard when I heard the seeing you on Twitter, that rejoiced. Oh man, I blogged about it too. Right? I mean, because you sit there, you sit there and think, God, if George and Don could have got along, or if or or if Don, let's use him as an example, never found a drink that he couldn't pass up, right? That you know, perhaps they perhaps they and they would have released an album after that back from after the Beast from the East tour. I think they would have been as big as Motley Crue and 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 Def Leppard. It was a good band. It was a good band. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, it was a good band. It was a good band. Um, who is your most underrated hair metal band? How about that one? That's more of a difficult question. Well, it is a difficult question. And, and you know, if you're a hair metal person, there's no way you can pick one. one it, it's just unfair. Um, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you three. How about that? You can give me three. You can give me as many as you want. <laughs> well, yeah, they're listening to it. They're going to love it. Yeah, they're part of Stadium Anthems. <laughs> there, you go, there you go. There you go. Well, I'm going to start, I'm gonna start with one group uh, that, that uh, didn't hit it big at all, but I think I think was underrated because the whole album rocked. And that's a group called Toro Toro. Remember Toro Toro? Yes. Uh, I, I, thought, I think they were underrated, and I really – I almost put them in one that I thought they could have made it bigger. It's just uh, – but I was like, no, I'm going to hold back. Another group, and I know you like this group because I've seen you discuss them before. Extreme, I think. Yes. Made it, uh, made it, made it uh, you know, are underrated, and I'm going to tell you why they're underrated. Because if you've ever heard um, almost every album they did, they were alive. They had a great, great guitar solo. Oh, they're amazing, aren't they? No, wait, you know, and it's a fair point. I mean, I was a little surprised that uh, Tesla didn't get the billing with Mot with Motley Crue, with Def Leppard, and with Poison this year. I'm a little surprised, quite frankly, that they went with Joe and Jet. Oh, no, no, let's, let's hear it. I want to hear it. Let's hear it. Okay, all right. So, so a few years ago, I lived in Charlotte. Um, I was a uh, security guard uh, just because I wanted to do it for fun because I love music. You know, obviously, I love music, but they made me a security guard. I was picking the door, picking the door. You're the freaking man.
Moley uh, says, well, I said, well, I don't know. Somehow, some way, they put me in the back guarding, guarding the uh, poison, the poison, uh, all, all the guys for poison, basically. They're basically right there near Brett Michael. And they're, so I'm standing there, and I'm standing in the corner. The funny thing is, is I was going to see, I was going to go see, I was going to go see poison in Charlottesville about two weeks after that. Uh, with a bunch of friends from college, we were going to kind of relive our days and, and go and see groups, you know, that type of thing. No kidding, you know all about that. But um, so, so anyway, I was going to do that. And Brett Michaels comes up and walks up to me and says, hey, I'm Brett. How are you? And I'm just like, I know who the heck you are, Brett Michaels. You don't have to introduce yourself. It, you know, my name's Wayne. Just, you know, a uh, big fan of yours. And, uh, you know, good luck with the thing now. Want to kind of keep it per- you don't want to get too personal. And he talks to me for like 10, 15 minutes, just going on and on. And he, and, and I explained to him, I said, well, you know, ironically, I'm going to see you in about two weeks because I am, I am seeing you. And he goes, oh, really? Well, you need to party with us backstage afterwards. So get you and your friends and, and hang out with us. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? Which I'm thinking, party, what does that mean these days? But, you know, maybe in the 80s, that one thing. But thank goodness here in, uh, you know, a few years ago back in like 2000, something different basically just kind of hanging out with people so, so that is awesome that is so freaking cool you're freaking awesome wayne holy cow You're fu- you're fucking you're awesome, dude. Oh, I just I said I, uh, I, that's the first time I've cussed on this show. I think. <laughs> sorry, sorry. You're awesome, Matt. Okay, so here we are. Give me your top. This is a tough question. I'll be fair, right? But give me your top five hair metal band albums. <laughs> it's a hard question. Come on, I know it's a hard question. You can you can do that. That's fair. That's fair. I'm gonna keep it simple. All right. So, poison for obvious reasons. Let me just open up and say album. It was a big deal. It was when I was you know I was in college in '88 to '92. It was my freshman year in college. It was rocking me. It was my best friend. So I you know I attach albums to times and places. I remember where I was when it came out. I remember what I was doing when I heard it. So there you go. Open up and say album. We all remember the cover, of course. They got banned with the tongue, the whole thing. It just was, you know, pain to me and stuff like that. But then, big deal, we got we got to make sure we get our get the cover out before you make another cover. And all you young people that don't know, just look it up. You'll find something to do. <laughs> it's not a big deal. Um, next one that's just outside that top five, Cinderella, Long Cold Winter. I, you know, I, uh, I just love that album. This one won't surprise you because it's in number four, right outside that top five. Kicks blow my shoes, and uh, you know, again, that was uh, around my uh, freshman year in college, and, and 
get into the top five and uh you know some of these groups i know that uh uh matt is a big fan of because if you follow him at all on twitter which i'm sure all of you do um, <laughs> make sure that you do <laughs> he has a list of songs and this and this first one this first one i know is one of his favorites it's got to be one of his top five bangers so i know i'm playing with him here a little bit but i love this album and when i when i was young when it came out it kind of started me into this Yes. So, you know, that song, we can start off with Wanted Man, first song, You're in Trouble, and of course, one of my all time favorite songs, Round and Round, and still continues today. Uh, you know, that's just, it's, it's just, it was my ringtone for a while. I thought, you know what, Dylan, no, I got to play it. It was a great album, and it hit at a prime time. And really, before hair metal was really big, it was just starting out, and there was very few. Famous guy, it's like I'm forgetting the old guy that was the comedian that did all the album. I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. Um, anyway, uh, so all right, the next album, uh, very popular album, some of these are popular. One of them is going to be a little out, outside the, the box, but number four for me is Motley Crue and Dr. Dre. No, actually, you know what, Wayne? I think that's actually there. I don't know that that's necessarily out of the box. I think that's an outstanding selection for you because. That's what they sounded like when they were sober. Yeah. Yeah, when they, and they put out the best album when they were sober. I mean, I mean, we can go through all the hits and stuff, and we will. Let's go through them. Dr. Feelgood, Kick Start My Heart, Without You, Don't Go Away, uh, SOS. I mean, those were the five big hits, and of course, the whole album itself was just a huge rock hit. Number three for me, uh, and I mentioned this group numerous times, but those who don't know, Probably if you even if you've listened to this group, you probably have not listened to this album unless you're a big fan. And that's Kessel and Mechanical Resonance. Yes. Good album. And when I say it's a strong start and they start off slow and they build to a performance, this whole album does that and it, it is just peak. So if you wanna if you want something to crank up in your car and have a blast, mechanical resonance is 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 the album to do it. All right, now now, number two is, a, is one that's a little out of the box as well, but I think I've uh, uh, tweeted you a few times and said how much I love this group. And, and this is kind of a personal favorite for me, but I just love the whole album. Uh, they had a couple of hits out there, but, but the one song that I love was Leave It to Big Bang. But Mr. Big, Green Inches, they're a, uh, I love that album. I love the place that I was in in college at the time, in the magazine that time. I was in summer school. Yes. I just adore that song. And anyone who doesn't listen to anything, it's just so different. Listen to that song if you want to get triggered by that type of stuff. Now, number one, this is one of the biggest albums in the history. 
and the reason that I, I voted number one is because, gosh knows how many times I listened to this this album over and over again. And the funny thing is, is I'm saying album, all you young people, don't get experience albums anymore. Because you're <laughs> slow in time. So albums are going to be are pretty much a thing of the past. I understand that. But we would do that. Albums were the thing. You didn't buy a single. You didn't buy one thing. You didn't download one thing. You bought the whole thing. You invested in the whole thing. Def Leppard is still it. I mean, yes. I don't think you can beat that album. And, and I just, you know, everyone, I know that the radio played Pour Some Sugar on Me way too much. And it's still played today, quite a bit. But uh, Hysteria is the album for me. There's there's a few, there's a couple backstories on that I like to give. And people probably know this. The reason that the, that the album is called Hysteria is if you remember, the drummer had the accident. And, of course, there was all this hysteria regarding whether the group was ever going to be right back, what was going to happen with the drummer, blah, blah, blah. We all know the story. He came back. They made this album their biggest album, incredible after Pyromania. And, uh, I mean, it spawned so many hits. And there isn't a single song on here that isn't, in my opinion, a hit. But as far as commercial success, I mean, it has seven hit singles. The one song that isn't wasn't one of those seven sing- hit singles Probably my favorite song is Love and Affection that's on there. And that wasn't even a hit single. However, when I'm listening to Hair, Ma- Hair Nation and different things, they play that a whole lot these days with the kids and all that. So that's my number one. That's my long list there. Sorry, guys. No, no, no. It's awesome. It's awesome. I, I loved every one of your choice. I loved every one of your choices. I mean, I, I think what was unique about Hysteria was that every song on that album was released like AOR, right? That it's, you've heard of it before, Wayne, right? AOR, album oriented rock. It's good from front, you know, front to end, right? The whole, the whole, the whole album. Uh, and I'll, I'll just say one other thing. I think you mentioned Lynch Mob earlier. They did change the offshoot. They did change their name. George Lynch recently changed that name to, to the George Lynch band just for, you know, to make sure that, yeah, just recently changed that because of the uh, you know the, uh, the uh, references and things like that that can come from that. The other thing I want to mention, dude, I have to ask you this: How close? I mean, because you know I'm a huge Queensrÿche fan, Wayne. <laughs> you know I am. <laughs> how close was that to getting in your list? Because that that is a top five album for me, man. Operation Mindcrime is incredible. Oh my God! Yes, it does. <laughs> it was incredible. Oh my God! The whole thing is a musical genius. Maybe that's the problem. Is I'm not a deep, you know, I don't listen. You know, I'm not a person that listens to the stories in the deepness. I mean, obviously, if I'm a Poison fan, I'm listening to the uh, innuendos. <laughs> Right, right. You can look, but you can't touch. Okay, yeah. No, I get it. I get it. <laughs> All right, Jeff, you're up. Let's take us to ACC football. Thank you, Wayne. I really appreciated that. 
All right, Wayne. Um, which ACC football team was the most disappointing in week six? Uh, and, and which ACC uh, team was the most impressive? All right. Very good, Wayne. And, you know, you were talking about Miami, um, you know, new coach, Cristobal. Hey, turn turn Van Dyke loose. I mean, through the first several games of the season, um, you know, Cristobal's trying to institute his system. Van Dyke's getting getting frustrated. Um, the offense is, is a mess. But here against North Carolina, they got behind. And we saw what 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 Tyler Van Dyke is capable of, uh, threw for almost 500 yards. Hey, if if I'm Mario Cristobal, just just turn them loose. You know, stop going for your balance and use the talent that's around you. Because um, I still think Miami can salvage something out of the season. Uh, but but I mean, they spent a large port. They spent portions of that game. You know kind of kind of pulling in Van Dyke until they got behind. Uh, so I, I, I think, he, you know, that's what he did when he was at Oregon, when he had uh, Justin Herbert. A lot of people said he kind of, uh, you know, held him back as well. And you got two strong-armed great quarterbacks under under your wing. And, uh, you know, I think if he want, if, if Miami wants to salvage something out of their season, you know, they're, they're, he's going to have to cut it loose a little bit. Um and then uh, great comments about Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech guy here. I'm really happy with what Brent Key's been able to do. Um, 
just just remarkable turnaround going from I, I don't think anyone would disagree. They were probably one of the five worst teams uh, in the power five uh, this season at one and three under Jeff Collins. And, and he's, you know, possibly turned them into a, a mid-tier ACC team and first back-to-back wins in four years. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, it was funny to live with Georgia Tech and, and Duke because those were the two teams that we thought might already be uh, in competition this year, not, not to be competitive this year. Both of them were at it. They had new coaches, new systems, and they were thought of, okay, they're going to continue to be winners for both of those years. Yet both of those teams were sitting high, high as far as in, in the rankings. And actually, they were in the ACC right now. So credit both of those schools and new coaches. Now, one of them new coaches halfway through the season almost, that being Georgia Tech, and the fact that they're able to, to compete, not only not only compete, but win games like they have been. So, yeah, you're, you're right. I think sometimes it's overthinking, but sometimes you just you have talent there. Let them do, let them play to their strengths instead of playing to your strengths. Yep, yep, great point there. Um, Matthew, you got a, um, a comment here? I thought Wayne had some actually some real actually had some very good insight there on on, Louis, on Louisville. I mean that was pretty big for Louisville to win with their backup QB against the University of Virginia. Now I'll be fair, you know Louisville's played Virginia pretty tough since they've been in the conference since they joined the ACC. But I did not expect a Malik Cunningham free Louisville team to win this week. And I thought that that was a good call from Wayne. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, Louisville, you know, backs against the wall, Scott Satterfield, there were rumors that if they had lost that game, that Satterfield would be fired. I don't know how accurate those were, but, um, you know, they came out, played with a, played with the edge, you know, on the road. Uh, the, the schedule really gets brutal for them down the stretch, but um, at least for one more week, you know, they put that hot seat talk to to bed. And, and that kind of gets us into my next question for you, Wayne. Uh, it's a light schedule in the ACC upcoming, but a really intriguing set of games, some, some really huge uh, games next week with, with – ACC uh, division implications, national playoff implications. Uh, which which ACC football games are you looking forward to the most in Week Seven? You know, uh, when they made the schedule, and normal normal years you'd be like, "Wow, Miami, Virginia Tech, or Virginia Tech, Clemson, Florida State." My goodness, those those would be great. UNC, Duke, rivalry, rivalry, rivalry. But I'm going to go with the two up and coming teams, and I'm going to call this. call this the contender or pretender bowl and that's eastern state and, and syracuse one's going to figure out that they're for the they're, they're in play for the for the playoff and not only that maybe acc title and one of them is going to fall back and i think both those teams have been very impressive this year syracuse a bit of a surprise well not a bit of a surprise a lot of us a lot of us have been surprised by by what they've done nc state we expected to be good uh, but we also always have questions as to whether they're going to and gosh knows they have to be. So uh, I think that's an interesting game, and I think that's that that would be my game of the week for me is just the first two independent Eastern State teams. How about you? 
Yeah, yeah, good call there. And, you know, for NC State, the x-rays for Devin Leary after he suffered that that shoulder injury, the, the x-rays came back negative, but we don't know the, the extent of, of the shoulder. I, I haven't seen anything yet on the MRI. Um, so hopefully it's a, it's a short-term thing, but it, it does seem a little bit like a stretch that he would be back for the Syracuse uh, game. We'll just have to see, but that's, that's a huge uh, factor in that one. And, and the thing that with, with Syracuse in this one is they've been, they've been hyping this game up in Syracuse um, for two weeks. I mean, they're expecting 40, 45,000, which is a huge crowd for Syracuse. Um, you know, last week they played um, Wagner. So they've, they've been preparing for NC state uh, for a couple of weeks. Then they had a bye week. So, I mean, they're going to be ready, uh, ready to go against a, a solid, solid NC state team. And, uh, you know, this, this this kind of matchup is good for the ACC that it doesn't necessarily always have to be Clemson versus uh, somebody uh, in a ranked matchup or, or a Florida State. I mean, you've gotten two teams here um, in the top 20 with with huge implications. The winner probably gets to the fringe of the top 10 and, and still right there in the Atlantic race. So uh, th- this is a huge, huge game in Syracuse. Um, the other game that I'm I'm looking at is uh, that Clemson at Florida State game. Um, at times this year, Florida State has looked like a top twenty team, uh, but then they get those stretches where they they look, you know, they're the team they have been for the last five years, and you know they had NC State beat the other night. They're up seventeen to three at the half. Everything is going right, and then NC State just shut them down defensively. Um, and still with a chance to win that game at the end. And and you said those are great points uh, when you called NC State one of your impressive teams. You know, they lose. Uh, Devin Leary still found a way to win. Uh, but Florida State's coming down, you know, setting up for an attempt at the game-winning field goal. And then NC State comes up with that inter- interception there and just, you know, took that game from from Florida state. So Florida state, you know, right now, you know, who are they? Are they the first half uh, version that, that went up two touchdowns uh, against NC state? Are they the second half version that just, you know, kind of collapsed there in the second half. But I I think that's a, that's going to be a difficult game for, for Clemson um, because Clemson just doesn't have the explosive, players that they've had in the past to, to run teams to run quality teams off of the field and uh you know they're still trying to get healthy you know brian brzee hasn't come back they had xavier thomas but uh play against uh, boston college but you know the foot's still bothering him so this is a very dangerous game for clemson this this weekend Uh, I, I I don't know if I caught the whole uh, thing. I think I caught the last about five or, or ten minutes of it. Um, yeah, just a tragic um, story about his young sister passing away from from cancer. You know, th- thoughts and prayers to his family. 
they Florida State, this is this is a game where they kind of can measure themselves. I'm not saying I'm not saying they're going to win the game, but uh, you know if if they can hang tough with Clemson, I think I think they can kind of see where they're at and what they the deal. That's what it is going to be. You know, is this Florida State team for real or not? And I think I think I think we'll tell you that they are. Yep. Yep. Very good. Um, looking at still at week seven, you know, which ACC team could be on a, you know, upset alert in weeks. And if, if they, if they're looking ahead to a game on the schedule or otherwise sleepwalking on the field. All right, let's go national here. Let's step out of the ACC for a bit. Uh, which national FBS game or games are you looking forward to the most this week? And we're wide open with this question. And give us the the winner of these uh, of these games. And and you know, up and down the schedule, there are a lot of quality games this week. Um, you know, one thing you got Michigan uh, number five playing Penn State number ten. Congratulations to Michigan. Uh, making it to the middle of October before playing anyone with a pulse. So, you know, great job of scheduling there by the Wolverines. Because Tennessee obviously is for real. They have played their tough schedules and won some tough games and, and won them fairly handedly lately, too. So that's the game I'm most excited about. I think most people are probably, that's the game they're probably most excited about if you had to go nationally. Again, there are some really good games. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick Rocky Top this weekend to beat Alabama. So there, there's my pick. Uh, I think that's, that's, uh, you know, bit shocking but let's 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 go with it um i also saw a team from virginia uh that's sitting in the top 25 uh james madison so shout out to them yeah all right very good yeah that should be a great matchup between alabama and 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 tennessee um you know alabama's two plays away from from sitting here with two losses um if there's a year for tennessee to break that losing streak to them 
this is gonna this is gonna be it because you know i know the names on the jersey say alabama but this is not a vintage alabama team uh in terms of you know elite you know just destroying teams i mean we saw this week uh that if texas a&m runs their final play it actually throws it into the end zone they might have actually knocked off um alabama and we know tech what texas a&m is about they're they're a fairly average team and same with the longhorns uh you know they were pretty impressive against oklahoma but uh you know uh texas is not an, an elite team they're a decent team and and they came within a missed field goal of Alabama missing a field goal of knocking them off too. So uh, if it's ever going to happen for the Vols, th- this is the year. All right. Uh, I think, uh, Matthew, you have something to add here. Yeah, no, I, I thought that Wayne brought up a really good point just on, on one of the prior topics we had here on UNC at Duke. And I should probably ask both of you this, but I'll ask you first, Jeff, and, and then I'll ask you, Wayne, when's the last time that, that, that this rivalry between North Carolina and Duke was a primetime 8 p.m. game? On, on the ESPN family of networks. When did, when was the last time that happened? Because I don't think that that really happens too often. Let's hear it, Jeff. Uh, it, it seemed, it seemed like during that run, um, by David Cutcliffe in the middle of the, the 2010, I don't remember which year it was, you know, that 2014, 15, uh, it, it seemed like there was a, a a sold out um, stadium there at, at Duke. And I remember that one was pretty big. Uh, so it, it's been, it's been seven or eight years at least that I think there's that been that much on the line uh, in a, in a Duke North Carolina football game, um, huge opportunity for, for, for both teams, but I, you, North Carolina could really put a, a, take control of the coastal division because they have the one uh, consistent unit of anybody in the, on that side of the ACC with their offense and Drake may, I don't think any other uh, unit in the coastal division has been as consistent as they have. Um, so they, they, if they get Duke, I mean, they could easily start the, the season seven, uh, I think seven and one before they, before they play wake forest. Might be eight and one. I got to look at the schedule, but uh, this is a huge opportunity. Of course, Duke. If they if they were to beat North Carolina, I mean that kind of put that Georgia Tech loss behind them and, and put Duke right in the thick of the the coastal chase. And it's interesting because, and I'll I'll just ask Wayne this question, Wayne. I mean, defense is Mike Elko's specialty over at Duke, and do you th- you know they may have he may have a few tricks up his uh, sleeve. What do you think, Wayne? Play 
if you can play any defense and your offense is capable, we've seen that UNC really doesn't have a great defense in spite of what they did against against uh, uh, Virginia Tech. And this week they did hold Miami down uh, under 30. So, I mean, you know, they are improving, obviously. But, yeah, I, I, I just I think this is peak for Duke to, to win that game. I think that – the fact that they're coming off a Georgia Tech loss, they're a little fired up, they're a little, and they're very focused on this game. Now, maybe they weren't focused. Maybe they were focused on the Carolina Carolina game before that, but they sure are going to be focused now. Uh, the, other, the other thing, uh, Jeff bailed you out, because I was going to answer your question very easily when you said, when was the last time Duke and UNC were prime time? I was going to say it was February and March. But, uh, but, but Jeff bailed you out and said football, so he clarified it. Well done. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> Good one. Good one. All right. So let's go, man. We got open microphone time. We give the guests the first open microphone. The floor is yours, Wayne. Jeff, you go first. I'll let you you tell us what your favorite album and favorite song is. Uh, hmm. Probably. You know, I I, I wasn't quite a, a hair metal guy, I, and Ma and Matthew already uh, already mentioned it. They came right after it. it. It was probably like Nevermind, Nirvana, or Ten, Pearl Jam. That that kind of like changed uh, changed music for me. Okay. I, I totally agree with you. That's pretty pretty music big time. My favorite group from that time was uh, SKT. So I, I love that same type of album. Go ahead, go ahead, Matt. Oh, what was your favorite song though? Nevermind, Nevermind album. What was the uh, you know, my, probably my favorite song it still came from that from that era and those bands, but th that um, it, it was probably like Wood from Alice in Chains. That was a song I could just listen to like on loop over and over and over again. Jeff is a Jeff is the grunge guy, I guess we say, right? He he is the industrial he is the industrial rock metal guy. He is the minister. He is the ministry. He would probably like my friend. My friend. My friend has a band in far in Fargo Wayne, and he actually opened t two acts for the ministry this year. Uh, <laughs> yes, the, the, definitely one of my three favorite bands of all time is for sure ministry. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I'm I'm good with that. I remember being a teenager and seeing that on like Headbangers Ball or something and I was just like, "Oh my gosh, what is this?" <laughs> this Okay, so I it's hard for me to answer what my I'm like you, Wayne. Like it's hard for me to answer what my favorite 
you know, hair metal band is of all time, right? But the more I listen to Operation Mindcrime from Queensryche, the more I think it's a freaking masterpiece. And the fact that it's like, you know, almost that it's, what is it, 36 years old, 37 years old? And it is still one of the major influences for most progressive metal bands and things like that, right? Because that, that was a concept album, right, with the story behind it. It was just so good. It was just so good. And Don't Believe in Love, I Don't Believe in Love, I think, from that album was certainly one of my favorites. But, I mean, I, I go like you and say that Hysteria from front, front, to, front to back is just, the you know, really one of the more incredible album-oriented rocks, right? Did you know that they actually outsold Michael Jackson's Thriller, Wayne? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? Because you hear all those albums that are at, uh, you know, that are at, um, you know, all those, pretty much all the songs off that album are like on um, their album, uh, uh, you hear like Stadium Rock. You know what I mean? Anthems and stuff like that. A lot, quite a bit of them, you know, and the fact that it actually outsold Thriller is, or not, excuse me, yeah, yeah Thriller was just kind of, is honestly kind of unbelievable to me. It is. It's pretty crazy. It's, it's, it's incredible. All right, Jeff, let's get your open mic. Uh, we we kind of talked a, a little bit about this game uh, from a national perspective. And the the scenario that could develop is it's got to be pretty much scary for anyone outside of the SEC. Um, because I don't know what those – I mean, we know how the playoff committee loves – you know, their SEC teams and, you know, turns a blind eye for any other result around the country. But there's a, there's someone posted this like a couple of weeks ago and I was like, ah, whatever. I'm not worried about it. And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, oh my gosh, if this happens, <laughs> we, we could have a, a nightmare scenario when it comes to the playoffs. And, you know, with Alabama going to um, uh, Tennessee, uh, have this scenario. Tennessee beats Alabama. Um, Georgia beats Tennessee, goes to the SEC championship game, uh, runs the table to the title game. Alabama wins the their side of the SEC and then plays Georgia and wins the SEC title. And so you would have uh, two 12 and one Wait, would they? Tennessee would be eleven and one. Um, would Georgia be twelve and one? I think they're a, they're twelve and yeah, they're twelve and one, and Alabama's twelve and one. Uh, that to me is a nightmare scenario for playoffs because then you're probably looking at at least two of those teams in the playoffs, and. A, someone's going to make a really hard argument for Tennessee and getting into the playoffs too. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of scared of that. I, I don't want to see, I don't want to see such a scenario because we know that they're going to pretty, you know, the committee and these, um, uh, these pollsters are going to ignore things like, you know, Pittsburgh taking Tennessee to overtime or, you know, Alabama basically having two, 
games or more where they went down to the wire. Okay, they would be SEC champion. It'd be tough to 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 leave them out, but you know they'd also forget that you know Georgia was trailing Missouri in the fourth quarter uh, in their game. Oh, that that's a scenario I'm I'm legit kind of worried about nationally, <laughs> um, and and there's a lot of teams, you know. A lot of quality teams that might need to would be sweating such a scenario. I mean, you still got USC and UCLA in in the Pac-12 that are undefeated. Clemson is is obviously right there in the mix. Um, uh, they're in the Big Ten. You've got Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, though I think the loser of that game is probably going to be out when they play each other. Uh, the schedules that, that Ohio state and Michigan play, you know, just, just, you know, outside of Penn state, they, they really are just horrible, horrible schedules. I know uh, Ohio state has the home win over, over Notre Dame, but that's a Notre Dame team that lost to Marshall too. So I don't know how much value is in there. Um, so yeah, let's just, hope we don't see that scenario because we know that if it happened, we we've seen the pollsters go very pro sec and uh, that that's a scenario I think is like a nightmare for the rest of the country. <laughs> about, and let's don't forget uh, at number nine, Mississippi schedule's not too daunting. It's it's uh it's Auburn, LSU, Texas A and M. Alabama obviously is the one one that's gonna be tough. Uh Arkansas is gonna be tough and Mississippi State's gonna be tough. But you figure you know maybe they lose to Alabama there. The other teams will be favored at this point at least. Yeah well a nightmare for the rest of us uh that that would be uh Paul Feinbaum's dream scenario: <laughs> four eleven and four eleven and one are better SEC teams, and yeah, I could see him on ESPN already saying, "Hey, all four, th- this should be the all SEC national playoffs." <laughs> That's crazy, man. <laughs> so, I'm going to give you my open mic, and I'll just be very brief. As you guys both know, I am from Fargo, North Dakota. And went to undergraduate school with a lot of Canadians. And, um, you know, it's tomorrow is their Thanksgiving in Canada. And I ha- I just want to make sure that I wish I've got some Canadian listeners to this podcast. I just want to make sure that I wish my Canadian friends and family that I know out there th- that I know out there. I don't have any fr- family. I should say in Canada, Canada, but my friends and their family members and their friends, a happy Thanksgiving. Right. Because that. Tomorrow's a day when a lot of their families and friends are going to get together and they'll celebrate Thanksgiving tomorrow. So happy Thanksgiving to our friends and listeners, our Canadian friends and listeners and of this podcast. And we hope you have a great day with your family and friends tomorrow. So Wayne, thank you so much for joining us on the all sports discussion, ACC podcast. We would love to have you on this show. We loved again. we we loved having you come on. This was especially fun for me, right? Because we te- we had a chance to talk about hair metal, which is my favorite, as you know, is my favorite, <laughs> it's my favorite music <laughs> still. 
and I'm happy, and I and and I enjoyed talking with you about it because I had a chance to relive my youth, and I also had a chance, and I and also you're the first person I've really heard talk about kicks, and I and I liked that; it was unexpected. Thanks so much for joining us, Wayne. Hey, hey, have a great week, guys. Thanks again, Wayne. Take care. All right, bye, guys.